is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And we're happy to be here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're very happy. We're a little, I'm a little sleepy, but... Yeah, we're doing this again on a Sunday. I don't know why sometimes we're like, let's do this on a Sunday, and then we're like, still kind of asleep. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, Sundays are, I mean, at least for me, Sundays are like my chill days. See, Sundays are my clean house days, so... But I also don't have to usually talk to anyone when I do that. Right. You're like, I'm used to being, like, talking to maybe a four-year-old and yeah. calling it good. I don't have to act peppy. Speaking of, he told me that I need to, um, that I need to make sure that I talk about him in the podcast. I'm like, that you don't listen to the podcast that you don't listen to? He's like, yeah, mom, make sure you talk about me. And you're like, don't worry, I do. Yeah. Before I talk about him, though, uh, if you guys have not yet already, if you could, please give us a follow on any of our social media accounts, anywhere that you prefer to go to social media, find us. We're a Crime Wives podcast on all of the above and also at gmail.com. So that's the best way to find any of us. We are most interactive on our Instagram, but honestly, we'll we'll love you wherever you love us. <laughs> Very and true. We have been noticing a few, um, you know, people, new people. We always notice when there's new people. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. So what are you doing this week? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> guys, guys, this is the first time Disney's ever started with, I don't know. <laughs> um, I honestly don't really have that much planned. Isn't it great? Uh, it, it it's so nice. I mean, I know it's going to turn into like I'm doing things like mm-hmm. every other day or every day because that's just how I live my life. But I don't have that much. I don't have anything. I just have like darts planned. Um, oh, darts. I did find out some big family news, something that's coming um, in the next couple weeks. So I'll be able to oh. talk to it, uh, talk about it in the next week or two um, after it actually, after something happens. But um, <laughs> so that's exciting. But besides that, I mean, I'm just kind of hanging out. Um yeah. Yeah? I really don't have anything to say about myself. I know. And this week, I actually, I don't necessarily have a ton to say either, except that I'm stoked for to dress up for Halloween this year. Very true. Yes. Yeah. There's that. I'm stoked. Yeah. This weekend is, this is the weekend before the week of Halloween. So that's when all the adult things take happen, I feel like, the most. I just remembered, by the way, I'm throwing a party. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, well, apparently it's one of our friends' It's not apparently. I like apparently. <laughs> it's one of our friends' birthday. It's okay. He doesn't listen to this show. You can say apparently. It's okay. fine. Yeah, it's apparently it's one of his birthday or one of our friends' birthdays. And he is, actually, he lives across the street from me. And he's like, let's do like a dual like block party house party, which I know turns into everybody comes over to my house. And yeah. it's going to be kind of like that. So that might be happening, just so you know. I mean, yes. I'm like, I don't because... have anything happening. Oh, by the oh, way, but... I'm throwing a party. <laughs> I'm like, uh, do you need help? <laughs> uh, so more to... I can to be, say, we'll tell you more about yeah, it. If you, if, yeah, if you end up doing that, let me know, because I'm pretty sure what we have planned for the first part of our night would be what something Travis would like to do, and the second part, he does not want to do. So, okay. if we can find other plans. And then maybe the third part is where you end up here, and he's like, oh, cool, I'm with all my friends. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy now. And he's happy. You're like, it's like a happy sandwich. You're like, yeah. okay, we're going to do something you like, then happy, we're going to do something sad, you're... happy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Distract you with happiness on both ends. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Go into it happy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And happy <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm just excited to make him beetlejuice dude <laughs> his hair and it's all gonna the be rad gonna i'm be super so excited to i'm see like it. i mean i'm very excited for my own costume but everything that i put on I, I put it all on and was showing i was showing and they were like uh is this all stuff you already own i'm like yes i i literally had to buy the book for lydia that really? was it yep. i own everything already in this <laughs> so well i'm happy with your dedication because that's been me the last few i like i go Balls I'm, deep. Yes. Doing Alex's costume. Oh. Always. Always. And then mine's I love like, when he oh. Was, when he was uh, uh, Two Faced. Two Faced. And I, I did like his whole face. And then I like burned his shirt. Oh, yeah. I put so much effort into that. Yeah. And then mine turned out like. No, yours was good. You were like the Joker. I was you? the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yours was good. I don't know what you're talking he, about. Okay, but I was like. I was more proud of his, and everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, he has the best costume, and I was like, yeah. doesn't he? Doesn't great. he? And then, like, one year, I made him this crazy-ass mask oh. that took me, like, eight hours. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> he's like, he's like your child. You're like the mom. <laughs> You're dedicated like a mom to your to your other half's costume. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm wearing a paper bag. I'm <laughs> You're fine. like, I've gone as myself this year because I've spent so much time on Alex. <laughs> so this year, I was like, what do you want to be? And he was like, I don't know. Oh. And I was like you know what? I'm not doing it this year. So I yeah. have figured out my own costume and I was like, you do you. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be, cause I'm going to go out Halloween night too, just downtown for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so one night, and I can't figure out which one I'm going to do each night. One time I'm going to be like a 90s zombie. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Just I re- I'm he, more about the makeup. So. She told us this the other night at dinner and Travis, my husband could not <laughs> get the concept of Wait, so you're from the 90s and a zombie? Why do you have to be both? And he's like, what does a zombie from the 90s look like? <laughs> we were trying to explain it. And I was like... I needed to be known that I went home and Pinterest that, and it's it's a very clear aesthetic. It's, it's <laughs> like, a thing. I honestly am just more excited. Like, I love dressing up like the 90s. Yeah. And, and then when I do, people are like... Which I know it's like a fad now, mm-hmm. but... A few months ago, or like maybe like a year ago, when I would dress up like in the '90s for like I went to a '90s party and they're like, really? "You look like what you wear every day," and I'm like, "Thanks, <laughs> I love the '90s. I'm all right. I'm all right." And the embodiment um, of. <laughs> but I'm, I just really want to do space buns, so that's oh, yes. really the only reason I'm doing it. I want. I wish I could be someone who could do space buns like on a regular basis. As soon as I put them on, I'm like, "Oh, I'm five. <laughs> I'm a five year old. Same, same. I don't look like them. But that's why I just have to put it in my costume because then it's socially acceptable. <laughs> yes. But like, they're like, "You're not 21. Get the hell out of here." Yes, and that's the the last few years. See, I'm the opposite. Where the last few years, as soon as Lincoln was old enough to go out and like really trick or treat. I finally was like, this is my holiday. I'm going to embody whatever person. So I was like, Hermione Granger did the eyebrows. And last year I was Ray. Very similar looking people. But I didn't like put as much effort into Travis. When I was Hermione Granger, he went and bought a green jacket. When I was like, you have long hair. Just tell people you're serious black. Nobody knew who he was. Like we did, I didn't commit to his costume enough. And then last year he literally wore a Chewbacca onesie. It was, that's all he did. And everyone's like, oh, this is such a great, and I was like, his is so half-assed. You're like, okay. So, I'm kind of stoked to So, that. this year, you're like, okay, Yeah, got he's got this. the full Beetlejuice. It came in, it came, and part of it is very strange, though, so I'm gonna, we're gonna make it, we're gonna spice it up. He's gonna look cool. Nice. It'll be fun for both when we go out, and then, and that's another thing. Having kid just means you always have something to do on Halloween. You gotta take him trick-or-treating, right. and we get all dressed up. It's great. Like, we get to do it again. <laughs> yes. What's he gonna be? Oh, well, so the movie Beetlejuice is too scary for him, and I was really trying to do me be Lydia, Travis, uh, or Lincoln be Beetlejuice, and Travis be a shrunken head. Yeah, <laughs> like, that would be, be fabulous. Way. Travis refused. Travis was like, I will not dress up with you people if that's what you're gonna do. So <laughs> you like, people. Okay. Um, and then Lincoln said they were both too scary for him, so. He originally, first it was Mario, and I went online to look at Mario costumes, and I was like, okay, here's some of these. Well, when we were looking online at Mario costumes, he saw, like, a little army man costume. And he's like, that's so cool. So, you know, I wait for payday, and then he, we're scrolling through it, and I'm like, okay, this army man, this army man, and Halo, Master Chief, was on. And and he was like, I have to be there! <laughs> so I was like, okay. Okay, okay, I, bye now. Best part is, is I order it. I text Travis and tell him, your son's going to be Master Chief. And he was like, ha, 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 that's so random. And I'm like, what? Why is that random? We love Halo in this household. And so I just, like, disregarded that. We're still talking about We're still talking about it. He's like, I still can't believe he's going to be Master Chef. And I was like, oh, my God. Travis. (laughs) And he said Master, he had said Master Chef a few times, and I was like, Dude, he's really doing some typos here. And then he he finally goes, it's just still so random. And I'm like, do you think he's, you know, Halo is what he's going to be, right? He's like, oh, you meant ha- Master Chief. Oh, you actually meant, you're like, yes. I'm like, yes, our four-year-old knows Halo, not Master Chef. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going as Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> oh my God, that would be great though. That'd be so cute too. I would love it. And he's just there just, just pointing angry his finger, just being an angry old man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. So no, he's just going to be Master Chief. He's not in it this year like he has been, but it's fine. It's fine. I still got be Travis great. on board and right. I'm still going to make right? him Right? Yeah, cool. it's going to be good. I mean, you guys aren't necessarily, I mean, Master Chief. That, uh-huh. I guess it goes with Beetlejuice. It does not at all. <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't. So. so he's his own theme. But my other, I got to tell you my other costume. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, I'm going to be Jigsaw. Oh yeah. Just because I love that dark and just crazy shit also the know. kind of makeup that you can do with that is gonna look so great i know i'm stoked yes. that's the only reason i'm doing it 
Oh, it's so. going to be great. Are you doing that one this weekend, know. or are you just going back you just don't know yet? I don't know yet. Oh, you should do it this weekend. I think it'd be great. And I think we have like an extra one. We bought an extra groomsman shirt. So I think I'm going to like, and it's like a button up, obviously. Oh, yeah. So I think I'm going to like kind of tear it up and then get like put red blood on it and just oh, make it yes. kind of gross and grimy. And I'm super stoked. Oh, man. Just so everybody knows. It's... We'll send, We'll show you. We'll actually show you guys pictures. We have we pictures that we need to show you. Talk about, well, I mean, I've taken pictures of all the things that we talk about that we're going to post pictures of. And then I'm like, oh, it's Wednesday again, <laughs> and I forgot to post. We'll do, we'll do one today. We'll do we'll, one today. We should do a post of, here's the things we've talked about. Here's the things we've be, promised you. It'll just be a long <laughs> picture A, first episode. <laughs> okay, perfect. Sounds good. We yeah. got this. All right. So what are you going to be talking about this week? Okay. So as always, I always feel compelled to explain a little bit. The one that I'm doing is what I was going to do last week. I ended up, you know, I went on my Forensic Files kick and I was like, okay, you can only cover one Forensic Files episode. But then I was like, is it going to be this one or is it going to be this one? Is it going to be this And then I just was like, well, crap, I'm just going to cover this one. You're like, they were both great. Yeah, they were both really great. They were both um, a little bit, a little bit kind of crazy. Um, but that being said... I'm going to go through and tell the story. They're on, online. This is one of those stories that people believe one side or people believe the other. Nice. And so, in my opinion, I'm going to tell the story from what I believed did happen. I also agree with Forensic Files. <laughs> okay. Because they're telling the story. How they, you know, how it... But then I'll go through and or kind of explain the other side of it. So, the most of the information that I got was from a website that's called texasmonthly.com. It's actually the people in the story, their neighbor wrote this oh, huge wow. long article about it that brought a lot of insight that wasn't on Forensic Files because Forensic Files can give you 22 minutes of information. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is from ForensicFilesNow.com and then Texas Monthly. It's the story of Nancy Dillard Lyons. So nothing? No idea. Nothing. Okay. So the article that I mentioned is called The Killer Next Door. Um, it's the... It's, I think it's the wife that lived next door is writing about her experience of living next door. And by next door, I mean a, there was a couple, and I think it was a big duplex, that the Lions, who I'm going to talk about mostly, uh, the Lions, I think they bought a duplex in this really nice area, and then they were the technically landlords mm -hmm. of the duplex and then other people. So they had a combined like backyard and stuff, but it's a nice part of town. So a couple who lived next door to the Lions were in bed late at night. Uh, the duplex complex, I put duplex slash complex because she calls them the complex landlords. And as I'm okay. writing the story, it finally occurred to me. I'm like, oh, I think it's a house. Yeah. And that's why the landlord. So um that they lived in and owned was super part nice part of dallas um it's described in one area as the quote beverly hills of texas oh so, wow yeah so it's a very nice complex these two families have a neighboring wall it's just after midnight uh when there is a knock at the front door and the neighbor says and this is a direct quote she said standing on the stoop outside was richard lyon our duplex landlord holding a baby monitor his face was pale his eyes were deep and tired. He spoke in a super low, very hoarse voice. Nancy, his wife, had been vomiting for hours. He was taking her to the emergency room and asked, could we please look after his daughters while he was gone? So, of course, they agreed to do so. Uh, they watched the baby, and the neighbor also is quoted saying, In the nearly six years we lived side by side, sharing a wall um, and a front porch and a backyard and a the cramped conditions of middle-income Park City housing, uh, we had to rely on each other for life's little emergencies. Electronic babies, electronic babysitting? I don't really know what that means, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but pet care during vacations, newspaper retrieves, that kind of thing. So you're just setting the scene for what kind of neighbors they were. Yeah. They were pretty close for the most part. With that said, the neighbors agreed to watch their babies, and um, they basically the last thing they said was just make sure that Nancy gets better. Um, so Nancy is uh, described as a 37-year-old, brilliant, Harvard-trained architect. She was the daughter of a very well-off, very well-connected family in Highland, in the rich Highland Park area. Um, she lived in Texas most of her life, and in the few different uh, areas that I looked this up, 
their family was very well off. Her family was, they, gotcha. they paid for her to do all of the things. I think they helped her pay for um, the house that they live in, all of that stuff. But she was also very successful yeah, on yeah. Her, in her own. So she um, and her husband, Richard Lyon, met while attending Harvard. Um, and then they were married and they had two kids. And by the neighbors next door, and honestly, even in the um, forensic files, which I think the neighbor is also um, interviewed in the forensic files. Yeah. So uh, she, they, basically, they, they call them like the couple with great energy is what they're okay. described as. Um, I don't necessarily know that they say that Nancy lit up a room when she walked into it, but yeah. she was a great person. Um, she was the youngest partner in the history of uh, Trammell Crow, which is a big real estate development firm in that area. And it's wow. also, yeah, and I think that her dad helped her kind of get in that, like, connection-wise. Yeah. I think her dad helped her get there, too, but she's also very talented. So she was doing big things. However, unfortunately, as of recent, she had been experiencing a lot of health issues. And on this particular night in January, I think it's 1990, but... We'll, we'll figure this out as we go on. I didn't put the exact year here because it comes up later. Yeah. Anyways, January. When she had to be taken to the ER, she was having especially strong stomach pains and could not stop vomiting, which sounds awful. Yeah. Not a fun time. <laughs> no. Over the course of six days, she was seen by many health specialists, like a ton, and I also think that this has something to do with the amount of money that she has. I, I It's also yeah. early 90s, but... They were like... People with money get... They, they yes. can pay for that. Yes. Um, that's what it comes down to. So she saw a pulmonologist, a gastrointestinal... A gastrologist. <laughs> and a nephrologist. <laughs> gastroenterologist. There we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but she couldn't recover from whatever ailment was attacking her. And as the days that she remained in the hospital went on, she was getting worse. And there's an area, I didn't put this here, but I do now for some reason, I feel like I want to mention it, that she, they were like trying to keep her spirits up. And so the neighbor had even gone into the hospital with videos of her daughters so that she could watch her daughters to like try and keep her. Just positive. Yes. Positive thinking. Um, But unfortunately, she could not recover from whatever um, was attacking her body. Um, the only real clue that they had to go off of that she was telling doctors at the time was uh, the first time she'd been sick when she had was when she received a bottle of wine as a gift that was left and I put in quotes and question mark that was left on her doorstep like she received it several months prior to that and she was under the impression that someone had left a gift on her porch because I'm gonna assume that she had received a gift that way before and so. <laughs> still weird it just seems i mean now we're flash forward so many years that we know better yeah yeah. (laughs) but you know we know better because of situations like that that's true so she drank the wine and became violently ill shocker (laughs) uh for whatever reason she must have just brushed it off and went on with life um maybe she was like i just had a little bit too much wine yeah true I think I drank wine enough to know if one of them is contaminated with something. I'm like, never that one again. (laughs) Pass on that. Yeah. So um, when she was, uh, for whatever reason, she brushed it off. Okay. When she was transferred to the ICU, at first the doctors thought it might be toxic shock syndrome. Um, This note right here is also from the website. And I don't know that it necessarily, I don't know what it ends up having to do with what they find out, but um, it still feels like mentioning Um, For more than a week prior to this, Nancy had complained of vaginal itching. Two days earlier, she had begun Zovirax capsules um, for pimple-like lesions on her cervix. Um, She lacked the rash and high fever of toxic shock, though. So this is just something that's noted on the website that the um, neighbor wrote. Yeah. I didn't actually say this on Forensic Files, but again, this neighbor knows a lot of information. Information. Yeah. Yeah. So... That just felt like a, I didn't want to leave that out. Um, So then they thought maybe um, it was food poisoning, which I see now that I wrote for poisoning. So spell check people. Poisoning. (laughs) Um, But it was, it was food poisoning or they were like, well, maybe it's food poisoning because again, she was having those kind of, she's barfing, she's doing all the things. Yeah. Although she had said she had eaten old pasta the night before, her symptoms had been lasting too long because she's going into five days of this at yeah that's not food poisoning no 
And um, her pulse was racing at 144. Her blood pressure had dropped to over uh, to 50 over 18. So not matching food poisoning. Yeah. By the sixth day in the hospital, she started experiencing organ failure and was eventually put on life support. And Jeez. by the end of the sixth day on January 4th, 1991, okay, I, was, I knew it was going to come up, uh, Nancy Lyon succumbed to her, her illness and unfortunately passed away. So... Mm. For obvious reasons, and especially after hearing about, I'm sure, the wine situation, and then there's another situation that's going to come up that she was being vocal with her doctors, and so there was suspicion. Yeah, right red after, flags. Right after she passed away. Within two months, the official word was that Nancy Dillard had been poisoned. Uh, the Dallas County Medical Examiner, who ruled her death a homicide, found lethal concentration concentrations of arsenic in her body. Jesus. And then I'm going to go into a little bit of detail about how that happens. But the first thing that they wanted to do was who the heck would even want her dead sort of thing. Uh, Finding a suspect was harder than it seemed. And when a lot of details of the lion's marriage started to surface, they are like, okay. The husband. (laughs) Yeah, dun, dun, dun. Though the couple was initially, you know, told as a super happy, super sweet couple with two young daughters who were always on the go. After she passed away, her family started to point out, in fact, it wasn't even after, it was when they were in the hospital, when she was in the hospital, the families were all coming together in like a waiting room and things already were tense. Like the dad and the mom, especially her dad, I believe, was like, you are a dick. Yeah. (laughs) And had been telling him that you have put Nancy through hell in this last year before her death that we'll get into. Um... Uh, What this is in reference to, though, um, was that there was a suspicion that Richard had been cheating on his wife for the last year and that Nancy, it kind of sent her into a downward spiral of depression. Basically, her family had these accusations because um, they were, I mean, on top of these accusations, they were this very well-off, rich, well-known family. Um, They were, they're often described as like a country country club family. And um, he just is you know he's your regular also apparently kind of short i don't know why just that's regular like joe schmau middle class not super rich anything i mean he went to harvard so he got there yeah um, um but still not but as comparatively well as, speaking yes. he's like and they're like what the heck well and then on top of that we'll get into a little bit more of why as a parent you'd probably hate him too so Based off of all of these suspicions and accusations around um, this whole situation, an official investigation starts to take place. One of the details that struck the investigators right off the bat was that Nancy was scheduled to testify just a few days before she had passed away at an embezzlement trial for her former boss at Tremel Crow. It was clear that she was uncomfortable about testifying because she'd received a letter that said the following, stay out of the Bagwell case, or you and your family will face the wrath of God. She had received that Jesus. from someone, which, yes, that would make me also worried as well. Uh, the next thing that really threw the case for a whirl in the investigation was when they found a receipt for Nancy's personal belongings. It was in her personal belongings for arsenic, and she had, like, signed it. And so they find that, and they're like, this is weird that she would purchase this. That yeah, that's very seem- weird. And when asked about this, her husband Richard said he thinks that she'd originally purchased it when there were they were actually having a really bad ant problem. Someone somewhere told her, you know, according Just to Just use him, the arsenic. Yeah, that you could put the arsenic on the holes, like over ant holes, and that it would totally work. But like... I mean, maybe. <laughs> but like you have small children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um... And then, of course, her husband also brings up the fact that she was, in fact, super depressed the last year and had tried to get help with counseling and didn't seem like that that was working. Basically, since the Christmas before, so she passes away in January, and in this last year that she had kind of been depressed basically that entire time because I think it's during this, he does admit, yes, I was having an affair, and it started last Christmas because her and I got into a fight. And this is from the website for, that the neighbor has, is talking about mm-hmm. it. She saw him out front like the day after Christmas and he was hugging his kids and he had a bag packed. And he admits, I was leaving to go on a ski trip with my then girlfriend at the time. Douchebag. Yeah. So um, in another online quote, uh, Nancy was quoted saying, 
or she quoted Nancy, the lady is talking about Nancy, says, Nancy was endlessly willing to endure Richard's occasional, always short-lived attempts at reconciliation. So they were starting to have a fallout that year, but he would always, for whatever reason, be like, like, I'm sorry, I love you, let's try again. Yes, and of course she would say, I know the real Richard, this isn't like him, he's a family man, he's sick, but I know he'll come around, which, like... That's heartbreaking to even read. Yeah. <laughs> so um, by summer of that year, Nancy actually filed for divorce, though. So things... Oh, wow. Yeah. So when she decided to file for divorce, she filed for sole custody, as well as 260000 separate separate assets. So there, she's trying to just get what's hers and leave. Um, and at first, Richard seemed like he was for it. Um, but by November of that year... Neighbors noticed that Richard had started showing up at their duplex and was, again, trying to reconcile things. Ugh. So, hate him. Um, By the end of that month, he was moved back in, and they were planning new ideas for the backyard to build a playhouse for their daughters. So, he's, you know... Their full front told together again. Yeah. And... So by Richard disclosing this part of their marriage, he was basically saying, yeah, we had a rough year, but we had worked through things. We were really happy again. Um, But also implementing that despite this, he knew she was still struggling with what had happened internally and just was pretty adamant that she was pretty depressed. Yeah. And so that, that was his side of this. So this, of course, brought up the idea that maybe Nancy had actually poisoned herself, slowly, in an attempt to slowly um, commit or complete suicide. Of course, when investigators brought this idea up, no one on the family or friend group that, or in the family or friend group that knew her um, could ever see her doing that because, well, she had two beautiful daughters that she loved and had, you know, wanted to live for. Um, It was around this time that they came to find uh, Nancy's diary. Ooh. In this diary... She wrote about another whirlwind addition to the case. Um, She wrote about her older brother and that he had sexually abused her from a very young age. Um, She wrote that she didn't trust him and said he liked, quote, sick sex with me and with my girls. So, of course, this threw a huge wrench into the case. And they were like, what the heck? Oh, my God. (laughs) And apparently her brother was around you know, enough to where they were like, well, this is a huge red flag for us. So um, when presented with this in an interview, her brother is fuming and denies these allegations. He said he had no idea where these allegations even came from and was like, I did not do this. So, okay. So now there's these crazy twists that keep getting added and the list of suspects and all of these possible situations took place like Secret letter man. Basically, the main questions that they're asking are who sent the wine, uh, who sent Nancy the mean letter, and why on earth was she talking about her brother in her diary, but not to anyone else? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, who wanted her dead the most? Because they don't believe that she wanted her dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they tried to go off of the evidence that they had, um, and they started with arsenic. They tested her samples uh, with radiation. Of course, this is my favorite part of uh, forensic files is when they're like, and then they blah, blah, blah. And they start saying a bunch of words that I don't understand. I'm like, I'm so into it. You're like, this is great. This I don't know what you're saying, but I love it. Yeah, so I left the big words out. But essentially what they did is they tested her hair. I mean, this is me super dumbing down what they were saying they did. They tested her hair samples with radiation in weeks. Um, and were able to conclude that Nancy had ingested arsenic every week, once a week, starting around four months before her death. Wow. So we'll say some, sometime between October and November. God. When she started getting the arsenic in there. So, yeah, which, <laughs> a slow, painful death. Her hair sample also showed that the arsenic, arsenic levels increased to the highest dosage four weeks before her death and then the very highest amount of all being two weeks before she died jesus and that's probably why she died um and during all of these times she'd been seen um both richard and her brother like she'd seen them both in Mm -hmm. in so for obvious reasons i think that they both became the two main persons of interest is what I'm nicely calling them, but I'm pretty sure they were straight up suspects. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, the next piece of evidence that they decided to go with was her journal. 
uh, they decided to have this journal looked at by a handwriting analysis specialist. Perfect. Which I'm always, I'm like, oh, yes, I think that's what I was thinking too. Mm -hmm. But keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So this examiner decided to compare her journal with a ton of um, other samples. And, um, And then this examiner basically started to compare that with her husband's first and this is where they start to realize they have very similar handwriting mm-hmm. and in one of the example or one of the people that's like one of the you know the talking heads on the show that one of them was like well she used to write papers for him in college so she like started to copy his handwriting so they had very similar I'm like that's amazing that she could just see someone else's handwriting and be like, yeah. well, I'm just going to start writing like him so I can write his college papers for also, him. Also, way too nice. She was yes, way too nice to him. she was a very nice lady, and she really, really loved Richard. So the two had super similar handwriting, but there were some very distinctive differences, specifically in the way that they wrote their capital I's. He would just write a line, where she would do the line, the. line, and the little. Um, and then... She used, um, whenever she would write ands in her paper, she would just do the little cross percentage is what they call Mm -hmm. it. Um, They said the and percent. So she almost never wrote the word and. She would just put and like a little whoopie, whoopie. Yeah. And um, the little symbol. And then she did it almost any time she needed to say and where Richard would write out the word and every single time. So essentially, this is what it took the um, examiner to conclude that he did not believe the handwriting. I don't think almost any of the handwriting in this journal was Nancy's. Um, and maybe at the very beginning, but yeah. So Got he was it. able to, con- he was very confident that, that the handwriting was not, he basically. That's like, a, honestly, when you mentioned that and you mentioned this and it was such a weird twist, I was like, that ain't her. Uh-huh. That's not her. <laughs> yes. So, and when I first listened to it, I don't know why my brain was like, oh, the brother? This is awful. So. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess the brother's not mentioned any other time in this. Yeah. So, and that's probably why he was so, so mad. Like, yeah. what? But I'm going to bring that back up at the end just because it felt, you'll see. So um, he felt very confident that Richard had been the writer for almost everything in this journal, but specifically the entries about the brother. So this brought the investigators to believe that the journal was a red herring, duh, and to blame the brother for sexual abuse uh, that probably never took place. Yeah. In an attempt to prove that he wasn't the one that purchased the arsenic or, like, that wrote anything, I guess, too, Richard offered um, a receipt that was previously mentioned where Nancy had paid for arsenic to kill herself. So, or to kill ants, not herself, sorry. Or maybe also herself. Yeah. Um, this receipt had Nancy's signature on it. Um, so this too, uh, was overlooked and compared with all of these. And I don't know, basically with this receipt only had her signature on it. Mm -hmm. And they were essentially thinking like, okay, maybe he signed it. Well, they couldn't conclude that it was or wasn't hers. Uh, but they were like, well, don't think it's hers. But, and this one, they were like not able to conclude it. So like, well, this can't be used in really... Um, but the company who the receipt was supposed to have come from actually ends up coming forward. And I, this, I think, is what really ended up not being good for him. They came forward to say that they didn't even sell arsenic or any chemicals at all. Um, and they showed examples of other receipts. And it was very, there was no question that this receipt didn't even come from this It was obvious, store. yeah. Yeah. And then there's a part in the show that's mentioned that the investigators also were able to determine that the arsenic wasn't even sent to their home, but rather to a P.O. box opened only in Richard's name. So, and I just kept thinking, wait a second, why do you, do you have to receive arsenic in the mail? <laughs> or do you, you can't go into a store, purchase it, sign a receipt? Like, I was a little confused on those details, which it doesn't, I don't know, I guess they can send you arsenic? Can you send arsenic in the mail? Uh, not anymore, <laughs> I'm sure, but... I just was like, what am I reading? Yeah. So, but I'm sure it wasn't easy to get at your local store. Yeah, and all. even so, he was having things delivered to a secret P.O. box. Yeah. Like... Shady motherfucker. Yeah. So, based off of this, in 1991, Richard Lyon was charged with the murder of his wife, Nancy Lyon. Richard pled not guilty and stuck to his story of her being super depressed um, and of the treatment of her brother had made her even more depressed, so depressed that she was, for whatever reason, slowly killing herself. 
This defense is what prosecutors, and I think also the judge, called the blame the victim defense. So that's... Yeah, definitely sounds like it. Yeah. Asshole. Mm-hmm. So at the trial, a doctor that she had, uh, the doctor that I talked about that she was kind of like very forthcoming with information, and I don't think, to be honest, I don't know that she was maybe, maybe towards the last part of her life she was, but she, I don't think she was super suspicious. She was just telling every, like, she was like, yeah, and I got this, this is what's wand. happened, this is what's happened, this is what's happened, here's mm-hmm. all the details. Yeah, so here's the, another thing that she brought up, and I think this was kind of the final nail in his coffin, was she told them about a time that her and Richard had gone to the movies together, she was in the theater. Richard um, left to go get them food and drinks, and then he comes back and he puts down his drink, hands her her drink, sits down. She took a sip and it tasted absolutely disgusting, like right off the bat. She opens the lid. She looks inside. There's white substance floating in it. But I don't think. I think in her brain she was like, "Well, someone put something in here," but didn't think it was. It him. was him. Yeah. yeah, because she had. It's very clear that he she had wasn't a suspicious pull over her eyes. Yeah. Yes. So. Of course, that same night, she becomes violently ill. Surprise. All she had to do was take a drink, and that's... Jesus. Yeah. So, she had told the doctor this, um, and that her husband had also been... Because she had been getting so sick, at some point, Richard is like, well, I've been taking these vitamins that are super helpful for my gut health. Maybe you need to take these vitamins that are super healthy for your gut health. I'll buy some for you. Ew. Apparently, um, he told her that these were to help combat the stomach issues she'd been having, blah, blah, blah. When pills from from the home get tested, essentially, two, at least two, were positive for barium carbonate. Uh, this is a toxic chemical used in the production of glass that were essentially inside of these. Yeah. Thankfully, however, it only took the jury a few hours to convict Richard Lyons for first-degree murder. They suggested that he was money-motivated and still cheating on Nancy, um, basically this whole time. They think that he was cheating the whole time, um, and that he did this so that he could leave with his girlfriend. And they said that he was never okay with the request of a divorce, and instead, his way out was to kill her. Um, I think that probably was his idea way back when she first asked for a divorce. Jesus. So what about so was he still with this girlfriend? Do you know? They yes, I'm pretty sure. But what was he gonna do with his kids? I mean, probably take them and go live with his girlfriend, right? Probably. <sighs> so um, he was given a life sentence at the Ramsey Unit Prison Farm at the age of thirty fur fur. <laughs> wow. Good old age of thirty fur. Um, at the age of 34, and he was denied for parole in 2006, and then I put this detail in here because I was like, oh, I like this. In February 3rd, on February 3rd, 2016, he was denied again for reasons of, quote, elements of brutality and violence, as well as conscious selection of a victim's vulnerability, and he is posed as a, quote, continued threat to society because he was sneaky. Mo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that I wanted, that's the whole story. But the Jesus. thing that I wanted to note is that when I was online, I found a few websites that were like, the reason that Nancy killed herself because her brother had been cheating the entire, or her brother had been abusing her all these years. And there's like full websites that, well, there's like two websites and I, I didn't trust them very much. And I also am like, okay, he's probably got some time in jail. There's a totally a chance he could be out there making one of these stupid websites that or having someone or anything like that. It's probably his girlfriend. Yes. It's like out there making websites. Oh. And then his other girlfriends, he's made through pen pals. And he's like, I need you to just, I need you to do this for me. And they're like, okay, yeah, what do you need? Anything. Yeah. And so, yes, I totally believe he did it. He had the motivation. She started as soon as he moved back in the house. That's when they were to, able to conclude. That's when it started. Like from her hair, they were able to see that's when she started getting poisoned. I'm like, well, the timing here seems real suspicious. This is very weird. And I bet you he could have even been the one to write the note. Oh, I'm sure. Just to just to further, just try to put suspicion on other people. Yeah, he was trying to distract from it all the time. He knew what he was doing. He's not dumb. I mean, he's dumb. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's, real dumb. Yeah. So that's the awful story of the murder of Nancy Dillard. Damn. (laughs) 
fine. Yeah, that was wild. Basically, what I got from that is if Alex comes home and he's like, here's some vitamins, I'm like, F you. I'll get my own. Thank Anytime you. Anytime I'm sick for like back to back, even if it's a cold, I'm like, I look at Travis, what did you give me? He's like, whoa, whoa, okay. He's like, okay, calm down, forensic files. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And it's because of Forensic Files that I think that way. I am this way. I'm not even sad or apologize. Like, I'm not going to apologize for that. No. It's possible. It happens all the time, unfortunately. (laughs) I just need to tell you that when we were on our honeymoon, we watched a lot of Snapped. Oh, my Judge me. (laughs) And I have been watching Snapped since probably for like 15 years or whenever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Probably 15 years-ish. Probably 15. Whenever it came out, I was all about it. So... We're sitting there watching Snapped, and he says something, and he's like, it's just crazy that, like, all these women do this. And I was like, it's not always women. And he was like, Dusty, this show is about women killing men. And I was like, no. I was like, it is not. The men do it sometimes. And I was like, oh, my God. It's always, it's literally a show that is dedicated women killing their husbands because they snapped like there's never the man snapped and he's like how did you not know this and i was like you didn't you just caught on to it i always thought that it was both like it was just somebody in the marriage snapped i never thought it was the woman like oxygen and that's i've literally been watching it this since it came out and i never knew that it was always the woman and but if you think about it they only have one show dedicated to them and That's almost true. all of the ID channel, it's always a dude. It's That's also very true. Woman, so. um, but I was oh, just, that is hilarious. Yeah, he was like destiny, and I was like, what? Like, oh, this is this is a show about lady. I'm like, shut up! You don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, no, I definitely do. And I was like, and Whatever. I think it's called snapped to imply that all of us women are just always fine. About and to then snap. something happens and we snap. I'll kill you. <laughs> Apparently, that doesn't happen to men. They're just either always crazy or not. <laughs> and we're just like, leave the toilet seat up one more time, bro. <laughs> and I will be on the next episode of Snapped. <laughs> Did you watch that comedy skit I sent you though? No. From Snapped. Oh, yes. about Snapped with the guy. And I'm like, this is so accurate. It's the most accurate. I was like, this is the best thing I've seen. Oh, well, okay. Anyways. What are you doing this week? <laughs> okay. So, Speaking there's our Snapped. <laughs> so, today I'm going to be talking about Thorness Christensen. Like, Thorness? Like, no, Thor. Oh. And then Niss is his middle name. Oh, yeah. First name is Thor. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. I get to say Thor this whole entire time. I was totally about it. My mom used to have a wiener dog named Thor, and that's all I picture when I hear that. I don't even picture Thor when I hear that I picture the wiener dog. Okay. But I'll try and think of, what is it, Liam? No. Yes? No. Please don't think of him. (laughs) And that's not even the right one. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's Chris. Chris. Chris Hemsworth. There we go. There we go. They're like, no, it's Liam. You guys are idiots. And I'm like, I don't know. No, Liam's the one that just married or got divorced from Miley Cyrus. so sad. I don't want to talk about it. Well, sad. I'm team team Liam. For sure. (laughs) Always, always. Okay. Anyways, sorry if you disagree. Sorry, Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Thor was born on December 28th, 1957 in Denmark. At the age of five, Thor and his family immigrated to Inglewood, California, and later to Solvang, California. Um, Solvang is actually located 30 miles outside of Santa Barbara. Oh. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. I love me some Santa Barbara. Right? <laughs> his father, Nis, hence oh. his middle name. Oh. They <laughs> owned, all have weird names yeah. in that family. Must be a Denmark um, thing. Owned a restaurant and was a known alcoholic who Uh-oh. abused Thor. Oh. Back to your, back on your bullshit, huh? I'm sorry. It just happens. I don't even choose these because of it. It's just, they just are drawn to me. It's I don't know. It's clearly a theme in bad people's lives. Yeah, we we'll just put it really, on that. It has nothing to do with should me. should really be that. a good parenting tip for all of us. Yes. Don't become an alcoholic. Yes. Check. Done. Good to know. Got it. Um, growing up, it is said that Thor was very intelligent and was pretty nice, but around the sixth grade, he started to not be so nice. Oh, so like puberty? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, now I'm a grown boy. manhood is setting in. Um, And he started killing animals. Oh, jeez. He started by stepping on them. So I watched a documentary. I'm just going to – and I'll know all of this at the end. But I watched a documentary and I read a bunch of stuff. The documentary had, like, three or two or three of his friends – from when he was young in it. Oh. And so they're like telling really all these recounts of it. Personal information. Yeah. So he started by stepping on them and then he would start to catch them and he would attach fireworks to them oh. and then he would let them go and watch them explode. Oh no. Like he's a real life Sid that's, from Toy Story. Yeah. That's a little worse. But with animals. <laughs> yeah. And not 
live and toys. And not toys that, yeah, could also... So be nice They were toys. alive. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so sad. Yes, so awful. Yeah. Awful. He wasn't obviously a nice kid anymore, so he had grown up to be pretty mean, and around that time he started... So around the time that he was like 6th and 7th grade, he started drinking excessively. Oh, Holy very cow. probably just like his alcoholic father yeah you don't say um so by the time he entered high school he had gained a lot of weight and was struggling on having relationships with women and eventually during his junior year he dropped out of high school okay um in his teenage years he started having obsessive obsessive fantasies of killing women red flag very big after red all flag. of the mean things you've done to animals yes did he tell anyone? Or is um, I life? think it came out after, later on. Always does. Okay. Yes. So in 1976, at the age of 19, Thor decided that he wanted to act on these fantasies. He stole a 22 caliber from his friend. He then started basically hunting the University of California, Santa Barbara, specifically the area of Isla Vista, which was basically a small college town where people were pretty carefree. Oh, and yeah. I've been to Isla Vista before. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> is it basically like a bunch of college students yeah i mean i didn't yes. it's really close to the college so it sounds mm-hmm. like it's like downtown Very like by pretty. willamette and like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of yes but like cali yeah yeah but yeah, like, yeah yeah and very just more i'm sure when it comes to cali it's like carefree and mm-hmm. like let's go surfing let's hang out uh-huh. like especially in that floor. part you're not in like right in the la area you're in the we're laid back we love the ocean all that yeah stuff. Yep. yeah and, also and we college. a lot of us have money yes that yeah too. but they were also known to hitchhike down there yeah, yeah, very frequently. Yeah. yeah, and We've it was about said that a few times in this podcast. Yeah, and it was said down there that it was very like it was just something that basically everybody did. It was super That's normal. Why it was so easy to be an interstate killer like that? Because yes, right, and I, I listened to a podcast um, about this. To people who are just out there, right there. Yeah, just like vulnerable mm-hmm. um and they're like hitchhiking in california in the 70s and i was like true don't yeah. do it it was a bad time yeah it's like a it's a ongoing theme and if you were known to do it and you're still alive to talk about it it's rare yeah <laughs> and i mean there were so many serial killers in that area at I that know. time it it's insane insanity how many people were just out how many dudes were out there killing people off of the freeway yeah just, just now, with that, that is the one thing that, like, when someone's like, don't hitchhike, it's not safe, that's still a true statement, don't do it, it's not safe. Well, and I remember when I was a kid, my mom would pick up hitchhikers. Oh, yeah. Like, in the early 90s. Well, it's probably good that she was out there making sure that they weren't getting into Yeah, but sometimes cars, they but... were like, guys, and I'm Ew. like, mom, mom, I could have died. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it was my mom, and my mom's yeah. kind of a badass, so I would. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if I if I got into a car and saw her, I'd be like, well, not that I'd get in, I wouldn't hitchhike. <laughs> but, in this scenario, and your mom, baby, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm good. You're fine. Yeah. We're good. We'll be friends. Or I'm if good. you do it, my, my mom just looks at you with one look, and you're like, oh, I'll back down. Side back eyes down. the whole time. Just, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, you know what, ma'am? Maybe I should get out of the car now, actually. Are you a serial killer? <laughs> Just kidding, Mom. I love you. Um, so he definitely had a type, and he was looking for girls with long, straight hair. And straight. it was said... Oh, yeah, it was, it was straight. What a dime. I'm like, look at me. Long, straight hair. Okay. Yeah, no, nope, it's fine. Throw it back. We would have been walking. Um, and I mean, there it was said that there was like a certain build. It was like a smaller build mm-hmm. and certain clothing that he liked. I don't know, but he had a type for sure. Okay. So on November 20th, 1976, Thor picked up his first victim, 21-year-old Jacqueline Ann Rook, who had told friends that she was going to go shopping and then went to hitchhike. That is when she was picked up by Thor. The authorities got word that there was a college student missing, and it basically shook the town. Yeah, absolutely. That nice little area that that's... I mean, even if it's not a nice little area, just probably low crime, and then bam. Yeah, the they're like, missing. somebody's missing, uh-huh. and they were like, a young girl, she was hitchhiking, she's vanished. And they literally immediately thought, this girl's been abducted. Yeah, that's that's usually what, especially if it doesn't fit their nature, they're just out. They said they're going shopping? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, she does it weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little over two short weeks later, uh, on December 6, 1976, Thor came across 19-year-old Mary Ann Saris, a waitress that was hitchhiking after an appointment at the local hospital. And she went missing. Okay. I already feel a theme coming on. 
Yes. This one kind of, this one kind of she probably hit was, me. Yeah, well, yeah. No, okay. this next one kind oh, of hit okay. me. Well, I'm like, they're both kind of heavy. No, but... I mean, they're, it's all heavy. It's all heavy. <laughs> but this one, and I'll tell you what. Okay. So a little over a month later, on January 18th, 1977, he picked up 21-year-old Patricia Marie Laney, who was known as very smart, very happy, and a very active part of their community. This is the part that I hate. Um, At the time that Thor picked her up, she was actually posting missing person flyers for both Jacqueline and Mary. Oh, man. I don't like that. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Um, And then she went missing. She she went missing posting posters for missing people. Yes. From him. Uh, Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, And she actually went missing from the same location as Mary. Oh, no. So, um, and it was actually, so it was said that she was actually, so she was in theater and another theater member was supposed to pick her up and he was running late and he ran a few minutes late and when he got there, she was gone. Oh, that's so sketchy. That's all it took. Yeah. So the following day on January 19th, 1977, the body of Patricia was found, um, in Refugio Canyon. Oh, Um, She was naked and her clothing was scattered not far from her body. Mm -hmm. She had been shot in the head and sexually assaulted post-mortem. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. He is a fucking sicko. Yes, he is. When the police were... How? Every time you talk about a new serial killer, and they are always in California at some point, how have I not heard of them? Dude, I don't know. When I heard about this one, I was like, Especially, he has a specific type. Like, that's very Ted Bundy-y. That's like should be, uh, you'd think that it would have been like, whoa, look, there's another one. This is crazy. Yeah. That's They're nice. like, okay, but he's like, this one and this one and this one, but Jesus. Yeah. They yeah. just keep coming. No, I don't. Um, so when the police were, honestly, I'm going to throw this out here, every time I think about stuff like this and around the time frame, because it was crazy in the 70s and 80s, Yeah, I'm like, I'm so happy my mom's alive. Right? Because <laughs> she was like a teenager at those times. Yeah, my mom was born in 70s. Yeah. Well, and, sorry, mom, but yeah, like yeah. that same thing. And my mom was kind of wild. My mom someone. was too. She was For partying. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, thank God. Thank God she's here. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that we're in Oregon. Like that, California and Oregon were the worst serial killer Dude, parts. And Washington. My mom was born in San Jose, California. Oh my and then gosh. moved to Oregon. Speaking so I'm like, of a sad sandwich. <laughs> right. Oregon's right in the middle of Washington and just Pacific Northwest. Like, Jesus. And I'm, our moms are alive. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, Mom. You made it through California and Oregon. Yeah. And you, did, you had a crazy time. I know your life was a little wild. And now you're alive. alive and I'm very happy. <laughs> Thank yes. you. And we're here. Right? Um, <laughs> so that's nutty. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Mom. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks um, for living through the 70s and 80s for us. <laughs> right? So uh, when the police were investigating, they found white napkins that they thought came from possibly a restaurant mm-hmm. uh, with Thor's fingerprints. Um, but obvi- at the time, they couldn't link it. He hadn't been in the system. Oh, so they had no so idea that it was his. But there was fingerprints on it, and it had Patricia's blood. It sounded like he had, like... In the car, he was, like, cleaning things up. Oh, with napkins. And then he threw them out the window. <laughs> right. Um, so then just a short day later, on January 20th, the body of Jacqueline Rook was found, so the first victim, also shot in the head, clothes partially removed, and her corpse had been sexually assaulted post-mortem So they know for again. sure this is all the same person now. Yeah, they're like, mm-hmm. okay, these it's were very specific. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in February of 1977, Thor was arrested for a minor po- minor in possession of alcohol with a friend. Oh, because um, he's still under 21? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so he was out drinking with a friend, and I actually, the interview has the friend recalling when they were, when all this happened. Oh, so geez. they were like drinking in the car um, over in like a local area where people were known to like party and like make out and it was one of those like, it was like go on the top of the hill yeah whatever. um and so they were drinking and then the cops came and saw the cans and they're like you guys need to throw this out da 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 gave them a fine and they like were like actually we or whatever yeah yeah and they were like i actually want to search your car oh so they were like okay give me the keys so i could open the trunk probably because there was a serial killer in the area I mean, um, I would say no for this, the coming reason. Oh. So the police were like, hey, give me your keys. I want to search your car. Maybe it was to see if they had more drugs or mm-hmm. alcohol or anything like that. Um, but he, Thor was very like, no, I'm not going to give you my keys. Uh, and then they were like, give me the, well, give me your keys. Give and his friend's like, give, give him your keys. You're being an idiot. Let's uh-huh. give him the keys. We'll get the fine and we'll go. And so finally he gave him the keys and they opened the trunk and they confiscated a 22 caliber from his car. 
Oh, so the gun that he'd been using to kill people, they now had. Yes. Okay. But he was not connected to the murders. Of course not. And on May 22nd, 1977, the body of Mary was found in Drum Drum Canyon. Still not connected to the murders. So the publicity was very high at that point, and Thor decided he needed to change his scenery, so he moved to Oregon for a brief time. Speaking of. (laughs) Um, He lost some weight, got his high school diploma, and decided it was time to move back to the Santa Barbara area. He's like, I'm good looking again and a little bit more successful. Time to go back. He's like, time to go back and show him what I am. Mm -hmm. So once he came back, he started acting a little different, according to his friends. He was constantly going on short trips to the Hollywood LA area, and always was concerned about the cleanliness of his cars. Like, his friend said, like, obsessively. That, w- that nowadays, anyways, should be a red flag. I'd be like, why are you, why are you, why are you like, Could you imagine so if Shane was just so obsessed with the cleanli- cleanliness of just his And car? mainly his trunk? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, uh. Hi, you're cleaning this again? I'm going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to take a napkin and rub it down with gloves <laughs> on my hands, not let you know. And I'm going to throw it in a bag just in case. It's just... Just a heads up, friends. Why were they not more concerned? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So then he ended up meeting a hitchhiker, Carrie Solis. And they shortly after that became a couple. Oh, wow. Which is interesting that he... He probably like had the intention or maybe... hmm, I don't know. know. It's been a while. I don't know. Took a break and then was... Maybe he was like... Okay, I'll just see what I feel like. Then she gets the car and was like, whoa, she's kind of cute. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because he was in Oregon for about 22 months. Oh, yeah. And they don't... Did they know... So, uh, I had this at the end. But, yeah. No, they don't think... They... He really They don't think he took time off. And they said that there's, like, murders up here Uh that seem suspicious. Like, they might have been connected. Mm -hmm. But they don't know. And that's... I feel I am not a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist? A psychologist. There we go. I just feel like that's not a switch you can just turn off for that yeah. long. Yeah. You go... You're, like, doing this, like, two weeks, then a month mm-hmm. later. Like, it's so quickly. And then you leave for 22 months and you just go cold turkey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's, like, an unknown area. Like, unfamiliar, but also... Was he known to have been dating anyone in Oregon? There's not really anything from when he was in Oregon. I bet you. I bet you he was not just quiet for 22 I 100% agree. I was like, for sure he was up here murdering people. Yeah. Oh. Um, and our moms are still alive to talk about it. <laughs> thank you, Mom. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, thankfully, around this, I mean, around this time, our moms were maybe a little bit younger than his liking. Yep, that's the word, thankfully. <laughs> Ooh, I hate it. Okay. There's no good word to use there. Yeah, there really isn't. So on April 18th, 1979, he picked up 21-year-old sex worker Lydia Preston. Um, once she was in the car, he directed her to, she was like, hey, uh, let's stop at this hotel. This is, and we can get a room in here. It's super cheap. Oh, so she was trying to get a room with him in a hotel? Well, they were going to, oh. she was a sex worker. Oh, he had picked gotcha. her up to. Okay. Go, oh, okay. Go do the deed. I thought it was just a random hitchhiker, but okay. no. Jesus. So he could, so she was like, here, we can go to this hotel. And he was like, mm, just kept driving. She's like, okay, what about this one? Kept driving. She's like, okay, this one? <laughs> okay. Do you have a preference? Um, so sure he started driving bored. up the Hollywood Hills when he shot her, like tried to shoot her in the face. Mm-hmm. And he ended up shooting her in the left ear. Oh my um, gosh. And obviously not killing her. She grabbed the wheel, crashed the car, and jumped out. Um escaping Get it, girl. right. Escaping and running to a local neighbor who called an ambulance and the ambulance came. Oh my gosh, that's amazing for her. Amazing. Not amazing to get shot in the ear. No. And like apparently holy. part of her face like yeah, her absolutely. eardrum was shattered, a lot of things. Um, but she didn't have she any didn't brain die. deficiencies or anything like that. Holy crap. Yeah, she got lucky, thankfully. Yeah, um, that's the worst type of luck, but holy moly good for her. So she was taken to the hospital and treated for her gunshot wound. Um, She gave a pretty detailed account of Thor and his vehicle, but they were not able to track him down. Great, great. So on May 26, 1979, Thor picked up 22-year-old sex worker Laura Sue Benjamin. She was, like the others, she was shot in the head and her corpse was sexually abused. Oh, man. Ugh. I don't know why that's an addition. Necrophilia is fucking disgusting. Yes. And, I mean, it, this is all disgusting. It's all disgusting. But something but... about the act of necrophilia yeah, makes me Yeah, it moves me, me in a way that I don't like. Uh-uh. Yes. Um, so Laura's body was found in the San Gabriel Mountains. 
So Holy moly, he's all over the place. And that's probably another reason that they're having a hard time connecting, because you know it's probably a lot of different well, uh, police, like, area. jurisdictions. Uh-huh. Yeah, but she was found... She was found later. Oh. Later on. Okay. So um, she was found, like, next. It's not, like, next, 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 next? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Isla Vista, all of those ones were obviously, they're, like, these are all... Pretty dang close. Pretty, and they're, they're all the same connected. person. Yeah. Um, but on July 11th, which is actually my mom's birthday. Oh. <laughs> um, 1979, uh-huh. Lydia was drinking at the Bottom Line Bar in Hollywood when out of every fucking person, four walked into the bar. She was out at a bar? Yeah, like, just a few months later. Shot in the head. Holy moly. Yeah, and Thor walks in, and she ran straight to the payphone, tore the back of the bar, and called the police. She probably was like, this mother... She's like, like, well, could you imagine seeing him? that would set in? No, absolutely not. But maybe she was out drinking to, like, hopefully see this guy again. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like oh, that is insane. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but um, So she ran to a payphone toward the back of the bar, and she called the police. He was obviously arrested, um, and then pretty quickly the Hollywood incident was tied to the Isla Vista murders. Oh, good. Um, Thor asked to sit down with one of the main detectives, someone that he had spoken with multiple times before, and the detective literally said that this time was very different. So they had brought him in for questioning before? No, well, so, no, this is before, like, so this is a couple weeks after he was arrested. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And And he wants to speak to this person. Yeah, he was like, I want to speak to this guy. I've spoke to him before. Um, And then he said Thor literally seemed like somebody else. He was like, this is a completely different person. Um, And he admitted that he had killed the three women and tried to justify the killings, just saying the woman deserved it. And he... Because they were sex workers? Were they all? No, he just believed that the women deserved it for some reason. Yeah. Cool. No, only the the first three were not, and then the second two were. And he met all of these people by hitchhiking in some fashion, or so hitchhiking, Uh and then the second two were sex workers. So he was just picking them up. So he basically, probably in his brain, thinks, well, they were out being unsafe, so they could they could have happened. I guess. Yeah. Um, I hate it. it. (laughs) And so at that time, the detective was like. This guy had split personality. This guy is... Oh, like he is... He is literally two different he, people. Whenever he's willing to admit about admit it or talk about it, he's just the person that's like, okay, well, that's I did gloating. something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when his trial starts, they had his fingerprints and the confiscated murder weapon. So Thor pled... Initially, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity, but then withdrew his plea and pleaded guilty. He admitted to the shooting of each victim and the sexual abuse of their corpses. He was found guilty on all four murders in one attempted murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Whoa. Okay. Six months after he went to Fulton Prison, he was stabbed to death by a fellow prisoner who is now unnamed. Oh. And did they say why he was stabbed to death? Nope. They say, I mean, a lot of, there's like a lot of talk when I was like in the podcast and the documentary, they were like... Just he was like a blonde haired, like skinnier dude, and his last victim was African American, oh, and they think that that had something to do something with the to, killing. Yep, I mean, shoot, it could be anything, quite honestly. But I mean, good for that other person who might also be a bad person, but good job, right? I'm like six months, he <laughs> yeah, was in there six months, and they're like, and then his friends in the documentary are quoted, quoted saying, um, at first, when they initially, when he was initially arrested, they were like. Thor, like he was weird, but no way. And then they like started thinking, and they're like, "Wait, well, this plus this plus and the clean trunk." Um, okay, maybe you're right. The like maybe you're correct. Clean trunk. The yeah. fact that you have to move out of state to get yourself together and then come back. I don't know why that's a strange detail to like just have to leave for 22 months. Maybe there was a program that worked or something, but still, I'm like, what? Maybe he started vigorously working out, and he just got his anger. I don't know because he oh. lost a lot of weight. I don't know, but. Yeah, that was mine. That's crazy. That and the, my biggest thing is I saw when that she saw him in the bar and uh, she's the one that reason and I was like, shut she, the fuck up. I was so like, true. no way. Like, I'm sorry. There's she's sitting in a freaking just trying to enjoy herself and sees the person who ruined her life. Yeah, and you're just like. Like oh my slowly God. slide out of your chair quietly, crawl and on crawl the ground, to the floor. I can run. Use the, can I use the? Somebody real quick. He killed. Tried to kill yeah. me. Yeah. And they're like, this? uh, what? <laughs> yeah, here's the phone. <laughs> also, get him out of here. Yeah. Also, um, I'm sorry. You're Citizens' arrest. You are 
it, oh, that's all. Absolutely. No, if that if I would be the bartender witnessing that, I'd be like, I'll go serve him right now to make sure he stays. Go call. Go. Go. I will tell him I'll give him free drinks. I'm going to go fake flirt. Bye. <laughs> I don't know if I'd fake flirt. Oh, to save, to make sure he gets caught by the police? Absolutely. I'll do it. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I would be like, you want a free shot? Yeah. Guys, everybody gets a free shot. Here. Free shot Nobody on the house. Leave. But only for him right now. But specifically you. Yeah. You look like you need a free shot. Do you want two shots? (laughs) I got you. Also, what? Yeah. Hit it all. Um, So my sources, uh, the documentary Born to Kill. Um, the Uh Oh Feeling podcast. I did listen to that. It was really Ooh, good. I like that name. Right. Uh Oh Feeling. Oh, true. Dad. Um, WordPress. Um, then Find a Grave, which is where I found some information just about some of the unfortunate victims. Oh, man. Um, and then Wikipedia, of course. Always Wikipedia. Yeah. Always. But that, well, was that was mine. Good. Well, that was a good one. Well, I mean, that's it for us this week, right? Yeah. Thanks right. for listening, guys. Crime Web's out. <laughs>